0: Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball.
1: This is Jared Jewett.
0: And this is the end of today's podcast.
1: No, there's no possible way. We have to provide the people some content.
0: Okay, but today's conversation is about creating content for people with short attention spans
1: all right that makes sense a lot to me because (laughs) I I definitely have one of the shortest attention spans that I know and you know I I like my content in sizable chunks
0: absolutely and I think this is one of the the great challenges for a lot of people is this shrinking attention span it is to some extent generational
1: yeah there's no doubt about it you know because I grew up With devices and computers and and the ability to click through content basically on a whim.
0: You see this shift as media and all sorts of outlets are catering to this shorter attention span. And the faster we present information and the more variety we present, the more our audience wants faster, shorter, immediate feedback. And it isn't going to slow down.
1: No, not at all. In fact, it'll probably pick up.
0: Now, even I struggle when I sit down and I watch an old movie because the number of seconds that the camera would linger on someone's face is significantly shorter today than it was 25 or 50 years ago. And you have to think about that as you're creating content that people are conditioned to look and look away.
1: Totally. I mean, it exists in movies for sure, but it overflows to all sorts of media. And I think specifically today we want to talk about how it impacts the kind of content that you're creating for your business.
0: So is especially like on your blog, when blogging first sort of was a thing, it was kind of this stream of consciousness. I remember a lot of the early blogs that I read, I'm not sure that people even came up for air if there were paragraph breaks.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's literally what it was. A page. uh, Yeah. Not even paragraphs. Just sentence after sentence after sentence. This is what I ate. These are the things I like. Here's a link to the things I bought today. And that was about it.
0: And so that was fine back then. But today, people have lots of opportunities and lots of options. And so they're going to land on your page and they're going to decide in a nanosecond, are they staying?
1: Right. And this is really that idea of... Creating content at a glance. So, what can you do to the content that you're creating to make it, I mean, even visually uh, appealing right off the bat?
0: Well, and one of the things that you can definitely do is you can definitely use headlines to your advantage. Break up your content with key points. And, you know, this is actually a trick that I used to use when I was designing brochures. You wrote all your headlines first and then you filled in the detail. And the idea was that if someone opened up your brochure and they didn't do anything but read your headlines, they would know what you were selling.
1: And the exact same thing applies to blog posts kind of in the modern era. I mean, if someone, boom, accesses your webpage, the post, the article, can just scroll down, look through the headlines, see if it's interesting or not, that's how they're going to make the decision whether or not to read your content, whether or not to click through the rest of your site.
0: Doing that, kind of giving me the headlines and getting my attention, if you say something that looks good to me, I'm going to stay, I'll read more. That's why on blog rolls, you used to see a lot of people would have the whole blog post, and then the next one, and then the next one. That actually works against you.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the... The reason we build, uh, you know, a lot of this blog content is to uh, get recognized for different things that we want to talk about, right? And if you have something like a traditional blog role where it's just information after information, paragraph after paragraph, that doesn't do you a lot of good and people don't want to read through all that. But if you have a blog role where it really is just the titles and they can pick and choose, that's much easier for them to navigate. And from a technical standpoint, it's much easier for the robots to navigate.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing. As you're designing your content to make it easy for a reader, a human being, to scan down a page and go, ooh, I want to read that or I want to read that, all the same things that you do will make it easy for a robot, for search engines to index and go, oh, here's some information about web design. Here's some information about social media. Here's some information about something else. And so what I love about kind of taking this approach um, addressing people's ADD is you are, you're not at conflict with what search engines want.
1: Yeah, it's so spooky how good the algorithmics are getting at really mimicking human behavior. And from the outset, that's really what it was all about. That's really, uh, Google in particular, that's one of their uh, defining principles is that we want us to be able to search just like human beings want to search. So the robots, again, are getting way, 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 way better at, at searching like a human being.
0: Well, and so when you're using headers and subheads in your copy, um, whether you realize it or not, you know, you're just maybe selecting the link that says heading one, heading two, but that H1 or H2 tag that WordPress or whatever your blogging software is, is putting into your content, that's sending a signal to Google that says, I know this sentence is right smack in the middle of the page, but it's an H1. It's important. Read this.
1: Exactly. It's giving them some idea of kind of the the hierarchy of your information and all, all it takes is an H1 to really just tell them to point at that piece of content and say, this is what I want to be known for. This is what you need to take into consideration.
0: The other thing that really makes your content great for people with ADD are lists. Telling people, hey, this blog post has five things you can do and then giving them the five things.
1: It's so easily digestible. They know what they're getting into uh, right off the bat. I mean, a company like BuzzFeed has made an entire empire off of lists, right? Because people know they can access it on their computer, on their phones, read five bullet points, get have a laugh, and leave.
0: You're making kind of that promise. And I've seen lists work in two ways, both really effective. One is definitely the BuzzFeed approach. Five things that will make you laugh today seven ridiculous whatever 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 but one of our best best blog posts and downloads was 50 ways to build your email list that's an incredibly long list but it worked
1: yeah it makes perfect sense because people can kind of peruse through that pick the things they want to use kind of build their own checklist and really go through and improve their process so you're promising someone that the information you're about to give them, they can pick and choose from and really improve what they're doing.
0: And so it's it's kind of interesting with the numbers. Three, five, seven, I can do it at a glance. Fifty, a hundred, two hundred. Now I'm promising that not everything on the list is going to be right for you, but with that many choices, there's got to be something that will work.
1: There has to be, yeah.
0: And so I think that's kind of mentally what goes on in people's heads, and so that's why lists of both types get people's attention. And again, I think the lists are good for search engines. They like lists.
1: Yeah, right? they're not bad at all. I mean, you, again, you're giving that hierarchy of information, so they will actually read through number one, through number two, through number three, and and understand kind of uh, what you're trying to tell the audience. And uh, and that's not a bad thing.
0: So everything we've mentioned so far, I think the, the suggestions on how do you improve your content to attract an audience with a little bit of ADD works for search engines. But there is one tip I'm going to give you that probably flies in the face of that.
1: I think I know what you're about to say.
0: If you've said everything that you need to say, you need to be okay with ending the blog post and moving on.
1: And this is perfect for human beings. When you're done reading, you're done. You don't want to read 1,500 words. Most people don't. I certainly don't. Unfortunately, Google does. Google really wants you to prove in a long form that you know what you're talking about. Uh, they don't think that 300 words is enough space for you to prove that.
0: You to find that balance. We have compromised at around 500 words. And that tends to be readable, especially if I'm breaking it up with heads and subheads. That tends to be rich enough for Google but holds people's attention span. There are times if I have a short blog post, if I have nothing but 300 word blog posts, Google's going to ignore me. Mm -hmm. But if I have a lot of blog posts that are longer, it's okay to end at 300 words every now and then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the great ways to, uh, to kind of break up that long form content and still prove to Google that you know what you're talking about is break up a thing that that might take you 3,000 words, right? I have a a series of blog posts that I wrote on uh, the different stages of kind of the sales process, Um, and that is easily 4,500 words. But being able to break that up and add links within my website to each of those different blog posts still lets Google read the first one, follow the link through to the second one, follow the link through to the third one, and really get a better understanding of what the heck it is you're talking about.
0: If you have a short blog post and you've said everything that you want to say, stop. And then add something like, for more on this topic, for related information, and then link to other places on your site. But when you're done, you're done. And so, in the spirit of being done, I know that today's podcast was pretty short. But I think we've kind of covered it.
1: Yeah, I hope we uh, kept your attention for just long enough today. If
0: you want to learn more, if you want to see more on this topic and other articles about content and content development, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.